You're listening to The No Name Photo Show, the podcast dedicated to lively conversations about the creativity, business, and technology of photography. I'm your host, Brian Matiash. Let's chat. All right, everyone, welcome to episode 53 of the No Name Photo Show. I want to thank you for being here. My name is Brian Matiash, and I'm actually coming to you from uh, Ljubljana, Slovenia. This is the actual the capital city of Slovenia. I've been here all week uh, photographing. And then before that, last week, I was uh, part of a workshop with Aaron Babnik and Sean Bagshaw in the Dolomites in Italy. So that's why uh, last week it was impossible for me to get a, uh, an, uh, we had no time for me to record any sort of audio uh, podcasts. But I am very, very happy to be able to bring this one to you today because um, some of my favorite episodes of podcasts that I've done uh, are the result of organic conversations that I have with people like, you know, where we're around and we're talking about something and I'm like, you know what, this would be a really great episode. And that's how this episode came to be. So first, uh, before we do anything, I mentioned that I'm in Slovenia. I've been here all week working with uh, just a fantastic photographer and guide. His name is Luka Senko. I'm, I'm really happy and lucky to call him my friend. And uh, let's just start. Luka, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. Uh, thanks for inviting me to this show. And I'm honored to be here. And um, welcome to Ljubljana. Thanks so much. And for, if there's anyone who's ever interested in uh, this country, and, and if you see uh, any of the photos that Luca has shared on his website or the photos that I'll start sharing soon enough, you'll understand why. But uh, I highly recommend you look up Luca. I'm going to link to his website and to all of his pertinent information um, at the show notes at nonamephotoshow.com. But uh, to start, Luca, let's just start by l telling people a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, I've been a uh, working photographer for uh probably 12, 13 years now, and I've been doing photo workshops in this region, mostly Slovenia and Croatia for uh, since 2008. And uh, this is now my full-time occupation, photo workshops. And uh, I also travel a lot privately to different places, mostly Asia, Africa. And uh, well, this is something we're going to talk about, travel photography, landscapes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, well, how just... To give people an idea, how many how many countries have you visited? I don't really count, but it has to be more than 50 already. Uh, it's funny because I've never been across the ocean to the United States or South America, but I've traveled mostly around Europe, uh, a lot around Asia and Africa as well. That, it, to me, that, that boggles my mind because, you know, I, I've been to a decent number of countries, but when you and I were talking and you were telling me and showing me these photos of certain uh, islands and um, and places that are, it's just so far out, the difference in culture. So um, let, let's just start with this. So it, is it safe to assume that when you first started doing workshops in 2008, so 11 years ago, it was pretty much just you there. There wasn't, this was before Instagram. This was before really the rise of social media. So I assume it was a lot more manageable, right? I would say that it's not crazy like some places in US for sure, because I've seen photos, videos, and people were telling me about. Uh, but it's increasingly more and more photographers here as well. Uh, maybe because of social media, uh, but uh, Slovenia in this photographic community is becoming quite popular, especially for... Uh, beautiful lakes, uh, namely Lake Blit and its island with a ch church. 
but also some hilltop churches which are really unique to Slovenia. You cannot really find this elsewhere in Europe or around the world. So people tend to come here for these subjects. And some of the locations, uh, I regularly meet foreign photographers now. And I think, uh, you think this is a small number, but, uh, at Lake Glad, once we were like more than 30 photographers at the time for sunrise shoot. And I mean, for those that don't know, like Slovenia is, is, a, is a relatively small country geographically. So yes, like in the US, you can go to, you know, Arches National Park and be surrounded by 50 other photographers at certain areas and, you know, sunset or sunrise. Um, with, with that, let's kind of dive into this topic. So before, before we go into the meat of it, you already have experience in terms of um, kind of like photo guides, right? Like you, you've, you have an app or you've have a series of guides that uh, are, have been made available through an app. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, I created a few years ago with my partners, uh, an app for iPhone and Android, which is called snap guides. And the idea about the app is to create photo guides about certain destinations. So, Myself, I created guides uh, to several locations here in Slovenia, Lake Blade, the coast of Slovenia, also Ljubljana, the capital. Uh, also guides to Venice and some other locations in Croatia and uh, Montenegro. And then we work with more than 60 other photographers who created guides to different places around the world, like London, Yosemite National Park, Oregon coast, uh, or some other locations in Europe, national parks or cities. So... Obviously, what the, the the topic for the past year or so, especially as um, this the whole kind of Instagram, especially craze, has grown, is this concern over sharing locations, where you took a shot, you know how you got there, and there are organizations like. Um, leave no trace that have their their principles and they've recently amended it to include like not including um, the the geolocations of of places and you know i'm really torn about this and and i want to get your thoughts as well because you know i i create photography content um i i help people become better photographers and all i say all of this because for me i always see that photography it's in the nature of photography for sh- to be shared that I would never want to deny someone um, information. Like if they want to go and photograph something and they ask me a question, why would I necessarily hide that from them? But at the same time, you know, you can't help but see that there are, um, there have been situations where certain people just either lack of values or whatever, um, end up, you know, ruining it or destroying the location. So I want to get your, your take on this. Like, what are your thoughts just at a very high level of this idea of whether or not you should share the locations of photos, for example? Well, that's, uh, really not, there's no simple answer to this, uh, but I'm leaning towards sharing and this is what I've been doing all my life. I mean, leading workshops, this is in a way sharing locations and also posting my photos and I usually never hide locations from other people. And if people ask me, I will easily uh, tell them where I took the shot. Uh, but on the other hand, we cannot put all the locations in the same basket. I mean, there are some fragile places that can be easily damaged. 
not by masses, but even by a few individual photographers. And uh, I never share places like that, you know. Uh, I mean, here in Slovenia, we have some uh, places where wildflowers, which are endangered, grow. And uh, these wildflowers are very sensitive. And if you don't know what you're looking for, you will easily walk on them, you know. So I will never show people a place like this. I mean, I will post the photograph. I will share it. I will also mention that this is very endangered uh, species. And uh, please don't ask me about the locations because I cannot give it away. And there are also locations where people behave not in a good way, you know. Uh, people don't respect private property, which I'm really against it. I mean, you have to respect that, right? Uh, people don't respect boundaries. I mean, national parks, it's clearly written this is not possible to do, like walking off the boardwalks or flying a drone. You know, this is very... Uh, big topic right now uh, but people still do it and i really really hate that uh, but on the other hand there are also places where we can as a photographers we can cause damage to local communities to local people you know like some third world countries maybe ethiopia would be a good place where people with like infinite money come there to photograph people who have nothing you know just to get the shot you know and that's the wrong way i mean it has to be uh some transaction here you know both ways you know um, so it's not really an easy topic and i hope we will find a solution to this in the future yeah you actually bring a lot of interesting points because you do see some uh, of these uh, workshops for example where people go to um impoverished third world countries and the the workshop attendees for no you know just that's you know that's kind of the instinct you're just like taking photos of people and stuff like that and in their natural habitat and i equated like imagine if some, a group of photographers just came into my house one day I'm, I'm in my backyard whatever mowing the lawn and people are just taking photos of me um because for some reason i'm interesting to them um and and then they just leave they don't get a ch they don't bother to learn about me they we don't talk they just take photos and they leave and you know i um i've led a few workshops with um the giving lens which is uh, an organization that that uh, my friend and uh, frequent uh show guest uh, colby brown started and the thing that i like about those workshops is um a, a significant a significant component of of that trip involves working with a local NGO or non-government organization. And f for instance, the two that I did in Nicaragua, you know, we partnered with an organization called Empowerment International, and we were directly embedded with the community, with the kids. We went to their homes and vet met their families and their homes, you know, were in these barrios, these super, super impoverished areas. And we would go there and we would, you know, interact and we would, there was a, we were, one, we were of course helping, we would um, bring uh, cameras, donate cameras for the organization that they can use to teach the children um, for after school programs. And all of this is to say that there, it wasn't just like, like a run and gun, like we just drive into a community, take photos and leave. And all of a sudden these people, you know, the people who are there, are like what just happened? And so I really, I'm glad you brought that up. So um, let's, let's kind of move on uh, in terms of there is this 
there's a new project that you're working on. And I want to talk about it because it directly uh, kind of involves this topic of discussing locations. So why don't we start, let's just start with, uh, if you can tell people a little bit about what this project is um, and why you are building it. Okay, I, I'm quite excited to tell you about it because it's the first time that I actually talk about this in public. Uh, until now, I only share this information with my friends and people I work with. And uh, we are building a next generation of the app I previously mentioned, SnapGuides. And it's going to be a big, big, big difference. We're going to even rename it for this reason. So it's going to be called PhotoHound. And uh, this app is going to be open to everybody to add locations where people can take nice photographs. So we want to build a community of like-minded photographers who are not against sharing locations. And one of our main missions is to give back, to give back to environments, to give back to nature or local communities, to give back to photographers who contribute. And also, uh, very importantly, we want to educate people how to photograph responsibly. Uh, we talked about the nature and environment, about local communities, and also uh, how to behave among us, you know, among photographers. I mean, not being a jerk, uh, helping each other and so on. And that, that right there, when we, we, we were talking about this, uh, Luca was driving us to a sunrise location yesterday, I believe. It, the days kind of started bleeding together because we're up at, you know, 5.30 in the morning um, and then we're shooting sun, sunset. But um, he brought, this is where I really um, am, am, am excited because there's no shortage of, you know, we were talking about Flickr, for example. Flickr has a vast um, geo kind of database because when people upload, it'll read the, the geo metadata and it'll plot it on a map and it'll expose that information in searches if you have the, um, if the photo is, has the permissions by, set by the user. But where I was like, okay, this is very cool is the, what you're saying with regards to uh, you're taking on this charge of wanting to educate and, and, you know, kind of like align with things like the, the leave no trace principles, um, make photographers more aware. And then also the compensation side of things, which you very, very, very rarely see. You really only see it in like stock, uh, uh, stock photography business models where the contributor gets compensation, but only when the, um, the, the, the photo is licensed. Here, it's like if you're if you if I'm a contributor to to PhotoHound, and I'm adding value, I can actually get you know revenue back, and that is something that I think is missing from a lot of uh, businesses where that are businesses that are crowdsourced. So you know, PhotoHound is going to be dependent partly on a, a group of 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 trusted sources like photographers who will create spots, but then you're also you want that community aspect. So you're going to allow people to create um, their own kind of waypoints. And if they're helpful, if they're useful, they can actually get compensated. Is that correct? Yes, this is correct. Uh, I cannot talk about details right now because we are still in this development stage. Uh, but main of our ideas is that we need to give back. We are a community. So everybody has to benefit from it. 
and we want to encourage this sharing, you know. And it's not just that we'll be paying for uh, spots or for location, whatever. It's just the idea, you know, to give back for something that people give to you. And uh, we want to connect these people that are thinking like us, who are willing to share information. And we want to just to raise all this awareness about it. Because nobody really talks about photographing responsibly. Uh, sharing is kind of uh, sometimes not really desired for wrong reasons, you know. And we need to involve others, not only us photographers. We need to involve local destinations. We need to involve businesses. We need to involve uh, local population into this because uh, if somebody is fed up with us photographers at some location and it, he, this person closes this location so nobody can get there to photograph, we all lose, you know. And for just a few people who didn't do the right job, you know, who didn't behave properly or who did the wrong thing there. So this is where we want to, this is how we want to make a difference. Uh, because hiding locations, not sharing uh, geotags and stuff, I mean, that's not going to change anything. The genie is out of the bottle, if you ask me. I mean, talk talking about Instagram or Flickr, as you mentioned, I mean, if people want to find the location, they will find it. It's just the matter how they will find it. And if we can uh, give a message uh, through it, then we did a good job. And that, that's, that is really ultimately where I'm, 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 I'm hopeful because, um, yeah, like one person decides to fly a drone over the Grand Prismatic in Yellowstone National Park and it crashes into it. And from that point on, drones are banned from all national parks. I mean, it's a, it, it probably was inevitable that something like that would happen. But um, right out of the gate, this, because someone just wasn't thinking or just didn't do the right thing, um, the entire, I mean, it was, it was in a way, and I'm not, you know, not trying to be too dramatic about it, but there was a global impact. So anyone who wants to come to the national parks and, you know, get a unique aerial view can no longer do that unless they've got, you know, a commercial uh, permit, you know, commercial, commercial flying license and permission from the national park, which is not easy to get. So, um, and that's the other thing is this impact, the social media impact where, you know, I, I remember going to, to Death Valley to the playa, you know, that with the with the um, the sand, those patterns in the sand and or the cracks in the in the in the mud and those rocks that float with, you know, they have that path that that is behind them. And you're you're not first of all, you're not supposed to touch the rocks. You're not supposed to pick them up. You're not supposed to move them. Um, and also, you're not supposed to drive on that. And and you know, we've gone there where we've seen uh, tire tracks. It's a very delicate ecology. And I've also, I've seen people, you know, stand on the rocks trying to, you know, doing their typical Instagram poses. And I do think that we're at a point now where the, the concept of not sharing is not working. People have not been sharing, but people, you know, there are those who don't have necessarily the values that maybe uh, they should. They'll, like you said, they'll find the location. So the alternative is either to do nothing, which is never a good solution, or it's to address it head on and say, listen, um, you know, this is, this is what responsible photography involves. And I think by also including, like you said, um, the, the, the destination mar uh, markets, the, the local community, 
it sounds like a pretty big endeavor. So, you know, is it something that like, is it something that like you're excited about? Does it make you nervous? Cause I don't know. Most of the services I've seen, they're self-contained. It's just about the, the photography or the product. It's not necessarily so much about the outreach and working with communities. So how do you see, like, what do you see the first steps being, or like, what would be, what would lead you to success in, in PhotoHound? Like, what would you love to see out of the, the user base? Well, that's uh, something we need to figure out, to be honest. But I think a good start would be to be open, to be honest, to approach people like like-minded photographers and not being a very this corporate business or anything. Uh, take uh, Instagram, for example. I mean, this is a Facebook corporation. They share location as a platform doing nothing no good and actually just encourages bad behavior because people are running for likes for popularity for followers and these are all the wrong reasons for photography you know so they are doing absolutely nothing and this is where we want to tell people from the beginning that okay that's not a good thing you know if you love photography love it for photography itself respect what you're photographing and this is a good start and hopefully people will come to us help us this way of course we'll do our best job uh, to do anything we can but uh, we will also need people to help us so when um if you had an idea in terms of when this could launch um because i'm sure people are going to want to you know they're going to search for it what what can they do to to learn more in terms of uh, if they want to be a part of it? Well, I would invite people to uh, go on our landing page. Uh, Brian, please share the, the link to it, uh, photohound.co, and uh, subscribe and we'll let you know when it's ready. Uh, I'll just tell that, say right now that uh, we will launch the desktop version in a few months and the app, the mo mobile version will follow soon after. So with that, do you, so let's, let's, let's just say that PhotoHound launches and everything is great, specifically with uh, Slovenia. Do you, does it concern you the, you know, whether there would be, you know, an increase in, um, in foot traffic? Like, does that worry you? Cause like, I don't remember if I said this in the beginning of the episode, but the whole reason why I'm here is because. I was going to the Dolomites and I asked Aaron like, Hey, I don't want to uh, just fly over for a week. I want to spend a little bit more time. And she recommended Slovenia and she specifically recommended that I reach out to you. And I saw the photos and I was just stunned. I just wonder, like, do you ever, do you ever worry about as these very beautiful places, like the churches on the hills become um, more popular and especially because now I mean they're they're easy to get to there there's no there's minimal hiking involved and and so um, do you worry that like um, there will be an Instagram effect uh, that's a very good question and um, like I said before I don't think we can prevent this we can just maybe influence it a little bit in a just to nudge it into a positive way. So educate people how to behave, how to travel, to give back to community and so on. So uh, I don't have any problems with that. And some people said to me that I'm actually cutting into my own business, sharing these locations publicly. Uh, but I'm not worried about that either because these are basically different 
ways to photograph. You know, if people want to tend, attend a photo workshop, they will do it, even if they can find the locations themselves. Uh, they will go for a workshop for a different reason than traveling privately. So I don't have problems with that. And many of our contributors to SnapGuides, the current app, they're also photo leaders professionally and, and they, they see the same thing in this. So they don't see a problem. And on the other hand, you know, photo workshops cost a lot of money. So I would dare to say that 95% of photographers cannot afford that. And why would I deprive them to visit these places? I want to give them something to help them to visit these locations and photograph them. And I believe that 99.9% .9 of them, they are good people and good photographers. And hopefully we can change the other few to become better as well. And that's, that's the thing is um, unfortunately when something bad happens, it gets amplified online and um, it, it, it makes it seem like, oh my God, there's a, a, an army of just idiots. But it's not the case. In fact, I think for the most part, especially photographers and especially landscape, nature, travel photographers, they have this understanding of this, this respect for the location and the land. They listen to, you know, they abide by the rules. If there's a sign that says, stay on trail, they'll stay on the trail. Um, and it, nothing will, if someone doesn't have the values, um, either it's because they don't know about them or they're just inherently just not, you know, immoral people. The immoral people, you're not going to do, nothing will stop them. But if they don't, at least if it's a, a matter of not just knowing, they might just not know. Maybe it's a cultural difference. Maybe they, they visit a place and they can't read the signs and they don't know. And so this is where I think why I'm, I, it really does resonate. You know, when you were talking about PhotoHound is there, the, it's not just going to be a blog post, you know, like, like the, 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 uh, leave no trace. That was just a blog post. And there you go. Um, this is going to be kind of like an ongoing initiative. Like this is good. There's going to be a bunch of different things, um, that I'm excited about in terms of, uh, educating people and, uh, bringing people together. And so I, I don't know. I, I just, I think the, it's not, the solution is not to hide or, or to keep information from people. Just that to me is always kind of a, it, it's a gross feeling. Like if, if someone were to ask me, you know, unless, unless like you said, um, it, it's on private property, um, in, in which case, uh, you know, odds are the, you have permission and you go, but if it's private property or if it's something that's like, um, it, the, the exposure of it would lead to, um, just the decimation of, um, a, a, a very fragile environment. I get, I totally get that. But if it's something that's readily accessible, um, or even if it requires a little bit of hiking, I don't see the, the, I just don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I never feel good about telling someone, I'm sorry, I can't help you. That to me is, goes counter to what I've spent these years trying to do with photography. So, um, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts in terms of uh, with the, the, the ways of like, what kind of outreach could people do? Let's say, let's say someone's listening to this episode and like, man, I really like this. I want to be able to do this. Um, 
where I live, like, um, and, and, and maybe even bring it to, to PhotoHound, but what are the types of things that you would recommend people consider if they want to kind of become more um, involved in the, the, the education of, of photographers and, and responsible photography? Well, the first step would be don't be quiet. You know, if you see some abuse, talk about it. You know, you don't need to yell at people or send them to hell or something. You know, you can just politely say, tell it, you know, and even if it is on location, I mean, I've warned people, this is not something you should do, you know, because of this and this, and people respected that and they apologized. And most of the time that was because they didn't know. You know, and the second also on social media, if you see photo that was obviously kind of a done in an illegal way, maybe a drone shot of a national park or somebody walked across to the waterfall and you know that that's kind of an illegal thing, just comment it. I mean, warn about it because if people see that they're getting uh, comments like this on posts like that, they maybe they're gonna stop doing that. Maybe they're gonna realize that maybe maybe this is not worth it. Maybe it's not such a cool thing, you know. But uh, sorry, I'll continue with something different before I forget. Uh, we never talk about the positive side of photography, you know. And doing my workshop for more than ten years now, I kind of realized that photography can be a really great thing for a place for a destination. I mean. When did you hear about Slovenia? Tell I mean, me. like, ba basically, I, I knew of Slovenia, uh, partly because of the, <laughs> the first lady is Slovenian. But as far as photography, it was when Aaron told me, like, check this out. Right. Okay. Let me give you an example. I used to work with Slovenian tourism board before I became full-time pro. And I also won uh, the best idea in tourism award for my photo workshops business. And the reason for that is that I kind of explained to them that photographers are actually very, very good people to invite. First, they promoted this destination. Okay, forget about these locations that Instagram is ruining, if we mention like this, but Slovenia became much more popular destination, not only to photographers, but to everybody through photography. And this is becoming an important part of our GDP, of our economy. And local people, they get business. People rent out rooms, restaurants, you know, local guys like I am. We get money out of it. We, we can make a living. And also photographers tend to stay longer. You know, the average stay in Slovenia is like three or four days. My photo groups, uh, they go for a week or maybe 12 days. So it's more than double of this, right? So I get people over here, they become promoters of our beautiful country and also they stay longer, they spend more money here and they also visit places that most of other people don't. So these are all aspects that actually help and we never talk about it and we should. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Like when you said that, I just smiled because it's true. And, and I think partly, you know, I, I, this show a lot of the episodes, especially earlier on when we had um, my co-host Sharky on, you know, we focused on the stories of, of people, of photographers who do just stupid things because that's the news. You don't necessarily talk about the, the, the positives, the life-changing 
things. Um, also, the exposure to new cultures, not just the photographers being exposed to the Slovenians, but Slovenians being exposed to other people who, you know, we go maybe to some, you know, farm in some remote region of Slovenia. And we talked to the, like, I never knew that Slovenia had, what, three wine regions? Yes, three small ones, but really excellent wines. Yeah, I mean, and, and there you've shown me photos and it's just like, you know, there's, I think, this cross-pollination of, of information and cultural exchange that, um, unlike any other type of, of tourist, you know, photographers, I think, are... Uh, the most uh, interesting, and, and I never thought of it, what you said in terms of like, you know, yeah, like maybe someone comes to Slovenia, like a, a regular family, you know, a typical family comes as part of like, you know, they'll go to Croatia for four or five days, they'll, they'll stay in Slovenia for a couple of days, and they'll go, maybe go to Venice, um, or they come up through a cruise or something, and they just kind of do an excursion. Um, and so, Photographers, it's all about, especially on the workshops, you know, it really is all about getting deep into understanding the location and spending, you know, I, we just spent a week um, driving around different parts of Slovenia, like seeing different, and I only saw just a small portion of it. Um, so uh, I, I think that's important. I do. I really do. I, I think it's important to highlight um, how photography um, can be a really great thing, like um, you know, like I mentioned, Nicaragua, one of our attendees would always bring one of those little Bluetooth printers, the photo printers, and um, he would take photos of the families because we would go visit them. And these would be the, in some cases, the first photo that this family has ever had of themselves. And they just start, yeah, everyone starts crying. And it's just a really moving thing because you have photographers who are just, you know, when photography when when photography works it is like one of the most amazing things like it's it's just a, a very powerful thing and so you know i i think that's a that's a good point uh that you brought up like we should kind of focus on the positives and stop maybe less on the 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 negatives and, and in a way you know this is through that this whole kind of uh philosophy of educating and not being silent like you said um so so yeah i mean i I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for this. Well, thanks. And uh, well, I'm excited as well because uh, I've been working on this for so much time and it feels really good. It's kind of some pressure released when you start talking about it. Well, I appreciate, you know, um, kind of giving the, 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 the breaking the news uh, on this podcast because, you know, I, when we were before I came here, I didn't know. I get overwhelmed. Like I get, for me, I know myself, I get very overwhelmed when I'm traveling to a new location. Um, that's not part of a, of a workshop. And that's, that's the other thing why I really enjoy workshops is because, um, it's kind of like that whole, all the logistics are already taken care of, which is also part of the reason why they tend to be more expensive is because you don't have to think about anything. You just kind of all the, the, the transportation, the, the locations, uh, the knowledge, it's all there provided to you. Um, and and you, I remember you gave me that the like a, a, a an access like to the beta of it of PhotoHound, and that's where I was like, it, it's not just like um, a listing. It also kind of explains the idea, like ideal f uh, shooting tips, which I think is missing from most every other uh, you know kind of like similar s service. Um, but more than that, again, for me, it's just this. 
uh, the more I think about it, the, really, the more excited I get is this outreach. I think we need to do a lot more of it. I think rather than kind of focusing on the negatives, it, it, it has to, that we need to start kind of figuring out ways to fix it because there, there is, there has to be a way, right? Well, there's no way back. That's the fact, you know, and either we do something about it or not. That, I mean, I'm actually very pragmatic person myself. I get nervous if I don't move, if I don't do anything. And if I just stand and look around how Instagram is changing photography world or something, I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to be frustrated and I'm maybe quit, you know, but if I start doing something, talking to people, see the difference that I can make that just fills me up with energy and really feels much better. And I'm not sure how much good I can do, but I'll do my best to do it or start doing it. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of, and, you know, happy to know you. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens here. I, I definitely want, uh, I want to hear from everyone who's listening in terms of what you think, um, what you think of, of the, the, the concept of PhotoHound. What do you think of the idea of actually just, you know, sharing locations, but also kind of pushing for responsible photography, um, you know, keep tightening the community around photographers in a more positive way and less negative way. Leave it in the comments, you know, or email me, um, you know, I'll be happy to, to share any of these emails with Luca. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think we can, we can probably at least say like very early on that, that, you know, we're, we're Luca and I are actually uh, talking about uh, putting together some photography workshops in Slovenia. Um, and uh, we, it, this is like still very high level. The, the most concrete thing that I think we know is that we want to do it. Um, so um, I'll let you know when details are here. I will tell you this much. The, this is a beautiful country. I am not that I'm surprised that, that I thought it would, wouldn't be, but when you, there have been a number of situations where I've seen a photo and when you drive up, when you actually drive up to it and you see it with your eyes and you just see just how magical it is, these churches on these hilltops, it's just, it's surreal. Um, so uh, I'm excited for this. I'm, I'm really, really uh, appreciative that I get to you know work with you on this, Luca. So one more time, uh, let's just kind of just recap for people. Um, you've got uh, photohound.co. Um, it's going to be launching on desktop in a few months. And I'm going to, again, link to this uh, at the show notes at nonamephotoshow.com. Um, Luca, thank you so much. Why don't you tell people if they want to learn more about you, where can they uh, find out more? Uh, I'm present on social media and it's only one Luca Esenko in the world. So you can Google me and you'll find my website and also my photo workshops website. So if you get in touch with me, I'll be happy and uh, looking forward for it. Very cool. Uh, Luca, thank you so much for, for, you know, giving me your time here and being on the show. And um, I want to also thank everyone for listening again. Um, you can, all the pertinent links will be at nonamephotoshow.com. Uh, you can definitely uh, find out more about Luca. And uh, once we have more information about PhotoHound and uh, our workshops, I will share that. All right, everyone. Uh, until next time, I hope uh, you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Well, you forgot to mention one thing, Brian. What's that? The burger. Oh, my God. Okay. Th Luca, thank you so much. All right. So <laughs> before we cut off. There is, um, so again, I'm in Ljubljana, which is the capital city of 
uh, of Slovenia. And I'm, I'm in this apartment. And so for, first of all, I'm not, I'm hoping the audio is okay. Cause Luca and I are kind of sharing a, a shotgun, a Sennheiser shotgun mic. Uh, and so it's, it's, a, it's not quite the, the gear that I have at home, but this apartment is like a block and a half away. I, I went on TripAdvisor the other day and I was just searching for restaurants and I wanted to have a traditional Slovenian. <laughs> I wanted to have a traditional Slovenian uh, dinner, and the first uh, hit that came up was a burger place called Pops Corner or Pops something, and 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 the reviews were through the roof. And I'm like, oh my God! I mean, I'm I'm American. I get burgers all the time, but it couldn't. You know, you can't help it when it's like this is like the best place. So I went there, and they had a a. a a um a burger that it's it's a burgers and like fries and you know onion rings and they have this one burger called the dirty mac which is a their version of mcdonald's big mac so i ordered it and i will tell you i have i cannot remember having as good of a burger i raved to the bartender i raved to um the uh, the, the cook then the next morning i raved to luca so much so that the following day, Luca, his partner, his beautiful little son, uh, and, and and I, we went and we got the burger again. And then today, that was that was last night. Then today, I met up with Erin Bobnik. She was in Ljubljana, and she wanted to get the burger, and we would have gotten it for lunch the next day, but they weren't serving yet. I, I'm telling you, this pops corner, or whatever. I don't want to take away from the amazing. Slovenian cuisines because it is very dynamic, but this burger, um, the the Dirty Mac, is one of the best burgers I've ever had. So let's go for a burger now. Seriously, if you want it, I will get it. <laughs> All right, everyone. I think we have to go get burgers. So um, thank you for joining us, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the No Name Photo Show. Don't forget to check out the show notes at nonamephotoshow.com and be sure to subscribe in whichever app you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss a beat. Let's do this again next time. 